1: You know, people have that same tendency today, tendency to be convinced that they know what God should act like. They have certain expectations of what God should and shouldn't do. And when God doesn't meet their expectations, they don't reevaluate their expectations. They don't reject their expectations. They reject God.
0: Unmet expectations. That's a problem in a lot of areas of our lives, isn't it? Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse, and Pastor Leighton Scheele, our teacher, is going to share his thoughts from the book of John on this subject as he digs deeper into the 8th chapter. You might want to follow along with him. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And I'm Mike Trout. Again, continuing his study in the book of John, the 8th chapter. Here's Pastor Leighton.
1: I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Therefore, (laughs) where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. Now the passage here is a bit difficult and complicated, so let's see if we can break it down a bit for understanding. Jesus said, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. What was Jesus trying to say? Well, one of, the th- one of the things that he was dealing with was that he was in front of the scribes and Pharisees. And the scribes and Pharisees were notorious liars. They were so good at it, they believed their own lies. Uh, we call those pathological liars today. And uh, Jesus makes that clear in Matthew chapter 23, when seven times in a row he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! The word hypocrite is what we would say actor. A hypocrite was an actor on the stage. Uh, A hypocrite is someone who is trying to uh, convince you that they are someone they are not. That's what an actor is. They're not acting themselves. They're trying to act like someone else. They're, They're lying. And they're really good at it. And so what Jesus here had to say is, You're so used to lying... And being lied to, you assume everybody else is the same way. Don't assume that I am like you. My testimony is true. I tell the truth. Now, obviously, the testimony of one person can be true, even if it's not substantiated by the witness of someone else. The demand for two or three witnesses is a means for establishing truth in a court of law. And so Jesus here gave several examples or evidences to support His testimony. And they were all related to His deity, which is something that the Pharisees and scribes rejected. First, He supported His claim by referring to His divine origin and destiny, which the Pharisees knew nothing about. He says, "...for I know where I came from and where I'm going." But you don't know where I came from, where I'm going. Jesus came from heaven. Jesus was returning to heaven. They didn't know that. And furthermore, they, Jesus exposed more of their ignorance, by saying you judge according to the flesh. You, you judge as sinful men in a fallen world. You don't know anything about my heavenly origin. You don't even know anything about my earthly origin. Pharisees, he said, he's a Nazarene. Comes from Nazareth. Must have been born in Nazareth. Wait a minute. The Messiah is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Jesus can't be the Messiah. And what they didn't realize is that Jesus was indeed born in Bethlehem and raised in Nazareth. But they didn't know that because they were judging things by the flesh and, and with shallow and superficial and misinformation. And Jesus says, I judge no one. Now, there's two ways of understanding what Jesus may have meant by that statement. First, he might have meant that he doesn't judge according to the flesh like the Pharisees and the scribes. Or a second way of understanding is that that he might have been saying that I have not come into the world this time to judge. He said that in John 3, 17. He says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. And so the first time Jesus came, it wasn't to bring condemnation or judgment. It was to bring salvation. Now, when he comes back the second time, he will be coming back in judgment. And that's what he's referencing in verse 16 when he says, Yet even if I do judge, someday he is coming back to judge. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. And so this is the second evidence that Jesus provides for his testimony. And that is the shared divine nature that he has with the Father. That he shares an equality with the Father. You remember that he made a similar claim back in chapter 5 when he said, My Father is working until now and I myself am working. And the people there understood and were angered at him. They sought to kill him all the more because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was also calling God his own Father, thereby making himself equal with god you know when jesus came and and talked about having a relationship with god as father that concept was radical i mean it is if you think about it it's still radical today because god is so incredibly great in every dimension so infinite so mighty so knowledgeable so wise so everything and what are we small fragile temporary i mean how could we possibly enjoy a relationship with god like family like father and child it was a radical idea verse 17 Jesus said, In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me as well. And so this is another evidence that he's providing. He's rebutting the allegation that he's his only witness. He's saying, I am the one I bear witness about myself, and the Father also bears witness about me as well. So he was calling on God as a witness to the validity of his claim. Now, of course, this was... Uh, not satisfactory to the Pharisees. They were th- continuing to think in terms of the flesh, in terms of the world. And so they said to him, Where is your father? Now they knew enough about Jesus that they knew that he was from Nazareth. He was born of a poor peasant family and lineage. Uh, that Joseph, his father, was a carpenter and he was married to Mary. And in fact, at this point in scriptures, there's, there's no discussion about Joseph. And uh, that, combined with the fact that Scripture describes Joseph as being a righteous man, and that Jesus, when he was on the cross, assigned John to care for his mother, and that would have been the responsibility of the oldest brother in the event of the passing of dad, all suggest that Joseph was dead by this time. And so they were saying, Why don't you call your father in and let's talk with him? Knowing that indeed... Joseph was dead. Or it may have been, like is suggested later in this chapter, that they were suggesting that Jesus was illegitimate in his in his birth. In any case, they rejected him. So Jesus replied, You neither know me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. What Jesus was saying, in effect, is, If my father came into this room right now and revealed himself to you you would not recognize him. You would not know him. You really do not know God. You don't really know anything about real, true God because you have so many concepts of God, so many expectations of what God should look like and what God should act like, that unless God meets your expectations, you're going to reject God. You're not going to see and know God. You know, people have that same tendency today, tendency to to be convinced that they know what God should look like, and they know what God should act like. And you'll sometimes hear them say things like, no good or loving God would allow, and then they'll cite some tragic event that takes place in the world. They have certain expectations of what God should and should not allow, what God should and shouldn't look like, what God should and shouldn't do. And when God doesn't meet their expectations, they don't reevaluate their expectations. They don't reject their expectations. They reject God. It's a very dangerous thing for people to be convinced that they know God when in fact they don't. Verse 21, So he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. Now in the previous chapter, another sermon Presented at the feast. He said, For a while I'm going with you, and then I'm going to him who sent me, you will seek me, you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. So here he's saying it again, and, and it's a reference to his impending death and resurrection and ascension, but this time he adds a warning that those who reject him will die in their sin. They will not be with him in heaven. They will not be with him in the presence of God. And he repeats this warning again later in the chapter as well. Now, the word for sin is amartia, which was originally an archery term, which meant literally missing the mark. And the man who, or the person who refuses to accept Christ, Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, has missed the mark in life. They have missed the opportunity. Isaiah 59 says, it is your sin that has separated you from God. When Adam committed the first sin, he went and hid from God. He didn't want to be with God. He didn't want God to be near. He wanted to be separated from God. Sin causes separation between man and God. The person who dies in their sin is eternally separated from God. But if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it gives you an opportunity to walk with God, and not only in this life, but an even closer walk with God in the life to come.
0: Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno almost always brings these broadcasts back around to that particular point, our personal, intimate relationship with God. If you'd like to know more about what that means, go to our website, get in touch with us, Website is highlands.us. Our phone number is there, of course. Any number of people would be more than happy to talk with you about that subject. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands. We call it Study Verse by Verse, and that's exactly what Pastor Layton does each day. He's in the book of John and will continue in John for quite some time. If you've missed any of the past broadcasts, you'll find them on the web at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com, and we're a listener-supported ministry you can give safely. And join with us in that way when you uh, go to that website. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day and join us tomorrow when Pastor Layton will once again open the Word of God and we will study verse by verse.